Good morning and welcome to Trending. I'm your host, Ben Rogers. As a county commissioner, I will often get asked about the services the county provides that some of our citizens may not know about. I always go to our Parks and Recreation Department, and this department does more than just offer sports leagues and sports facilities. Their fingerprint is all over the parks in the county and the community centers, plus so much more. Here today with me in studio is the Putnam County Parks and Recreation Director, John Ross Albertson. Good morning, John. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I know you're busy. I know that uh, your department is in full force in fall. Uh, we got great weather outside, and and I know y'all been busy, and I appreciate everything you do, so I know your time is valuable. And, and again, your staff is uh, such an important part of what we're doing in the county, and you are too. So I know you taking some time out valuable to me and valuable to our listeners because our listeners – don't know everything about your department and that's the reason um, i want you here because i want to inform them on what all you do your department is involved with so much the county offers um and you can't offer those services without money and Correct. so you know you, you you have a budget within the county general fund or actually within the county's budget it's your own fund which i like i like having your own fund for parks and, and recreation because we can separate the funding out and we we know kind of what's going where with your stuff and and keep it separate from the general fund which houses so much of the other operations we do as a county but let's start with your budget because i want the the public to know what is funding your operation um and and how you and your employees are actually able to accomplish so much your budget is roughly 1.3 million dollars a year so what revenue line items are funding your budget? Uh, of course, the biggest is Hotel Motel, uh, which we've, of course, taken a hit this year with COVID, uh, which is to be expected, of course, uh, with a lot of those different restrictions and people not traveling as much. Uh, and then, of course, we have fees, uh, rental fees for our facilities uh, that we get as well. Uh, so we, we get most of our revenue from those two sources. Uh, that's where uh, a lot of it comes in. So uh, the biggest thing, of course, our approach uh, – in general, when it comes to our budget, or at least mine since I've been here for five years, has really been to try and work within what we have. Uh, we haven't asked for substantial increases, uh, but uh, we, we've worked within that budget to be able to get all these projects done. And just to sit down and think about all the different things that we've accomplished uh, through grants and through other alternative funding sources, uh, it's uh, it's pretty pleasing to, to be able to think that we've been able to do that without having to ask for that substantial uh, increase from the county commission. So, uh, one, I, I do have to appreciate everything that you have done as a county commissioner and the, the rest of the county commissioners to to be able to make sure that that our budget's able to uh, accommodate us. And and so uh, that's something, of course, moving forward. We all realize as our county grows that uh, budgets will have to increase. That's something obvious, I think, for not just our department. I think every department. Uh, but uh, my ultimate goal is, of course, to work with what I have and, and do the best that I can. So, we're, and we're going to talk about today everything that that your department is involved in. More than it's just more than sports and parks. But you, you know, you talked about the revenue, the hotel motel tax. I've had Molly Brown on before with the Visitors Bureau, and they do such a great job with the chamber, and she does a great job with the Visitors Bureau. And part of her responsibilities are you know reaching out to the to our hotels and motels and 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 basically marketing for them as well marketing the city of Coolville and the county and the cities in it for people to come and and spend that money as people are coming through and that cuz that's a transient tax and that's you know you're more likely we're not taxing our own people with hotel motel tax I was talking to a buddy the other day he says every now and then him and his wife would just get a hotel room because they want to get out of their house and I said <laughs> well I guess that makes sense but that's very rare that that happens 
Uh, most people coming through the county are staying in hotels. They're, they're not outside of the county, or they're outside the county, so it's a tax that they're paying, and that helps us. How often do you talk to Molly about uh, the events you're having and, and, and things that she can do to help you all? We, we definitely talk uh, quite regularly. Of course, uh, Molly is a great asset to our department uh, as well as our county as a whole. Uh, the Visitors Bureau does quite a bit for us in promoting uh, our county and, and promoting the different facilities that we have to offer, whether it be uh, city facilities for the city of Cookville or uh, facilities that, of course, the county owns. So uh, we work hand-in-hand hand with her quite a bit, uh, especially uh, just recently we've been doing quite a bit of work with her to, to try and figure out how to increase tournaments uh, and to try and draw in more events uh, to our different facilities. So uh, that's definitely an important relationship, of course, that we have. And, and ultimately with our department, uh, the reason that we're able to get things done the way that we get things done is uh, through our relationships. Uh, you look at every different scenario that our department is involved in, and it all goes back to a relationship that we have uh, with someone else or some other organization in order to be able to get it done. Well, let's be honest, the relationship between your department, the county department, and the city uh, leisure services has has vastly improved since you've mm-hmm. been around. And, and that's only – that's I mean I'm going to give kudos to you and, and Leisure Services City of Cookville, Rick Woods and, and and his his staff. It's just that relationship has been has built um, and, and it's better. And y'all are able to work together to have more things. And of course, you mentioned COVID with the hotel motel tax. COVID has also reduced the amount of tournaments that you've been able to host, mm-hmm. especially soccer and lacrosse. And so that's a revenue hit. And of course, you talked about fees and. Fees is part of your budget. I think it's I think you're around seventy thousand dollars of revenue you bring a year in fees, and that's a good amount of money. But one point three million is your total budget. Fees is important. There's opportunity probably to make more in fees, uh, but y'all have always kept those prices low, just because you don't want to run people off. Um, yes, that's always our goal. Of course, is to try and promote usership of our facilities without trying to deter that through the increase uh, the fees. So, uh, but back to leisure services for a minute. Uh, we've had a great relationship with Rick Woods, and, and I have to give him a lot of credit. He's been very good to work with on his part, and and it's actually uh, kind of funny because he actually has uh, some people from Tennessee Tech that work there while I work there uh, that work under him. So we have some different Tennessee Tech connections, of course, where we've uh, worked together before, and so that's, of course, strengthened our relationship between our two departments uh, so we've been able to grow that relationship and kind of foster that and and uh, try and work with them as as best we can in any opportunity that we get. So and we and the county, I say we, the county plucked you from Tennessee Tech and and I know that that Mark Wilson is probably was happy for you, but at the same time he's like I've lost a really good one. And then of course you plucked a couple people from Tennessee Tech to follow yeah. you, and then <laughs> then the city's getting people. So Tech's obviously a big part of growing not only parks and rec but leisure services as well tech also does a good job with with the marketing people and they a lot of them end up at the chamber mm-hmm. so tech is really kind of a business incubator for 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 the county and city to to you know train and develop people and then we get them and so you've built that relationship you've got a good relationship with tech so mm-hmm. that only helps you and in, in the city of Cooble as well when as you said having people come from over there your department is involved with so much uh, the county offers, and and so the we talked about the budget, you know, hotel motel tax fees, course property. We do just a small part of our property tax rate goes into your budget, but it's 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 necessary. 
Um, what? Let's start with the sports parks. What sports parks is your department responsible for in the county? Oh, the the biggest park, of course, that we have is the Putnam County Sports Complex, which is uh, north of the Cookville High School there, where we have six soccer fields. Uh, we're actually in the process of uh, working on the LPRF grant uh, that we received two years ago from TDEC uh, to expand that and add two additional uh, full-size fields. So we're working on expanding that. We actually just had a, a grant as well from the state health department to add a playground area and a walking path around those fields. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on there. There's a lot of positive energy and positive movement uh, in the right direction at that facility. Then we have uh, Jerry Whitson, which is in uh, here in town in Cookville. Uh, then we have our ball fields in Monterey, Baxter, uh, and all good. So all together we have around 30 different ball fields of different types, whether it be soccer, lacrosse, football, uh, softball, baseball, little league, t-ball. Uh, so we have a lot of different fields to cover. We uh, we cover a lot of different space. Uh, that's one of the things that's unique about our department uh, and different than leisure services, of course. We cover all the way from Buffalo Valley to Glade Creek, uh, whereas, of course, Rick and leisure services stay inside the city limits of Cookville. So that's kind of where we differ. Uh, we have a, a lot of different range. It's it's uh, definitely a day whenever you have to make a trip from Buffalo Valley all the way up to Glade Creek. Uh, and we've had to do that a couple times. That's a that's a long trip to make, but but we do it regularly so we can uh, see all the different facilities that we have and try and take care of them the best we can. How many staff members do you have? We have thirteen altogether. Yeah, and and so I'm going to brag on your staff, of course, you as well. Thirteen people covering the county uh, with that many parks, and we had there's more than or in sports parks. There's more than just sports parks that y'all maintain, and we're going to get to that as we go through the show, but. You have 13 employees. Um, most of them, have, how, the majority of them, have they been there a while? Uh, we have five that have been there uh, from the, the prior director and, and before. So we have those five. And then, of course, we've brought in some new new people as well, uh, as we've had some that have retired and moved on to, to better paying jobs. And ultimately, at least for me as a as an individual and as a boss, that's one of the things I always like to try and encourage our staff to always do better. Sure. And so anytime that, of course, our staff get an opportunity to be able to do better than, than what they're doing, then that's something that I always want to encourage and foster. Uh, it's something that I definitely appreciate. Uh, whenever I was at Tennessee Tech, of course, uh, Watson Brown was, was my direct supervisor. And that's something that he always did. He was very encouraging to try and mm-hmm. uh, promote you and, and make sure that you were getting the best for you. So that's something I've tried to carry forward as well. I like that, and they do a great job. Uh, hope you continue to listen. We've got three more segments with John Ross Albertson, the Putnam County Parks and Recreation Director. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to training. This has been Rogers. I'm with John Ross Albertson from the Putnam County Parks and Recreation Department. He is the director um, and roughly been there five years. Is that right, John? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and hard to believe. Yeah, it is. Actually, I, I became a commissioner in 2014, and I think shortly after that I was on your interview committee and, and of course, knew you prior. I, that's not the first time I've known your family for a while and, and just told Mary Porter, I said, this, is, this guy right here, He's got the experience. He is young. He's got the experience and the drive, and thankfully you're here and, and you're still here, and we're thankful for that. It, you, the, the sports parks you'd mentioned, the biggest one is the soccer complex near the Cobble High School. 
COVID has reduced the amount of tournaments y'all have had. Are, are, are tournaments picking back up for soccer and lacrosse? Have you seen an increase, or is it kind of just steady where it's not? There's not a lot going on. We were we were actually able to host a, a state league tournament this last weekend uh, for the TSSA Association uh, at our sports complex, which that's a new event that we were able to add. Uh, but they're they're definitely a lot different than what they have been in the past. You're not looking at, at near the participation level. Uh, that you've had because of course still uh, people are still very concerned uh, so they're not traveling near as much so it, it was more of a scaled down approach than what I guess you'd be normal or what would be normal for a, a regular year uh, so we've we've seen some of that come through uh, but honestly tournament wise you have not seen a whole lot this year uh, I know the city has seen uh, some when it comes to softball right. and baseball but uh, it's been definitely limited compared to what it normally is. Actually, I, I ran into uh, Bonnie Bonham, which was the girls' softball coach at Tennessee Tech while I was there, and she actually works for Rick Woods at Leisure Services. And uh, I was talking to her about it, and, and that was kind of the consensus is it's definitely a slower year. Yeah. It's actually her first year there uh, at Leisure Services, so it's definitely a transition. And, and our program coordinator, actually, it's his first year uh, and he came from Tennessee Tech as well, and that's Seth Bruton. Yeah. Uh, and so they're both kind of transitioned into a year that's been kind of different uh, with our pools being closed, which normally he'd be in charge of that. Uh, he'd be in charge of running our adult softball league. Uh, but none of those things were able to happen. Yeah. Uh, so he's had a, a definitely different year than what he would normally be used to. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the pool because it, that's the first time it's been closed probably ever. Uh, and, and, your, and your office, in case people don't know, it's at the community center in Kuvel beside Avery Trace Middle School. And and, and the, uh, while I'm on the community center, um, the county commission has had to move our meetings to the community center and because of social distancing and, and where we can space out there in the main, I guess, the community room where the volleyball and basketball courts are. And the reason we're able to meet there is because of your office and department and, and the people there and Mayor Porter. Y'all, you know, Mayor Porter calls you and says, can we meet there? Can we make it work? Your response is absolutely. And y'all just get after it and start making it work for us. And we arrive and the tables are are probably 10 feet apart actually it's it's not it's more than six feet and um we got our own microphone we had water we have sanitizer um basically everything but a recliner is what you put out there for (laughs) us and you've put out good chairs for us so i'm thankful as a county commissioner because as i said there's so much more that y'all do other than maintaining parks uh so i want to get that that line in about the community center i appreciate what y'all are doing there because it's made it easy on us as a commission to have a meeting in person, and we're still for everybody that's that it's interested. You can you're able to attend. We we ask that you require uh, we require that you wear a mask as you come in and keep them on and stay socially distanced from people. Um, but we are offering hybrid meetings still, so we do have some commissioners uh, this week. We had two commissioners call in through our conference call, uh, and it, it's a little bit uh, difficult sometimes to to for them to hear everything we say and for us to hear everything. But it, it's it's. The sound system's been wonderful. That's not the sound system's fault. Our IT department's been wonderful. They've had everything going. So we just have great county employees. So I want to thank you for that. We uh, we definitely have some head scratcher moments sometimes where we're we're given some situations and and that's one thing that we've been very fortunate is I can approach our staff and and we can talk through it and kind of talk through our different ideas how we think that we can make situations work and and so far we've been able to accomplish those things. Uh, it's just like uh, all the way to 
to situations where we have grants that we don't necessarily have enough funding to be able to complete the project the way that we would desire to. But but the goal is we just sit down and, and come up with an idea that we think that we can do, uh, that we can do it in-house and be able to accomplish that goal. So yeah. uh, that's that's definitely something that we've been able to do successfully. And, and I appreciate our staff for, for their sticking with me sometimes because I know that uh, they have to hear some of my ideas whenever I come to them and think there's no way in the world that we could accomplish that. Right. Uh, but, but what I've told them and explained to them is that as long as we stick together, come up with good ideas, and I think that we can execute it. I wouldn't bring an idea to them that I didn't think that we could. So yeah, you've got a smart group of employees, and so back to where the community center's at in the pool. As we said, it's shut down. So I guess the only good thing about that is you've saved on maybe some maintenance costs with that, and I know it's probably not a whole lot because you're still trying to make sure it's functional and when you know, and you don't want to let it get. Uh, too dirty and all that but it's it saved you some time i guess the we we were able to save some time and of course we were able to use that time to do some upgrades as well while the pool was down ultimately us closing the pools became a financial decision uh at the time of course if you remember back uh it's even hard for me to remember back to be real honest but at the time uh the state of tennessee had closed their pools uh and so we decided to follow in suit because after considering all the cdc guidelines uh, that we were given, it would have been so uh, constraining to our staff and cost-wise of the staffing that we would have to do and commit uh, to opening the pools, we just wouldn't have been able to have afforded it. Uh, we would have been much farther uh, into our budget than what we would we would have felt comfortable with, especially uh, based on our returns. Uh, if you see all the way to Gilly Pool uh, in McMinnville, uh, they opened originally just for Warren County residents, and they didn't have enough traffic flow to be able to keep enough funding to keep it open. Right. So they ended up having to open it to everybody, and they were still struggling right. uh, with those funds. So I think we made the right decision in that regards. While unfortunate, uh, I think that we still made the right decision. Well, we don't know what's going to happen next year, but hopefully come next May when it gets warmer and it's time to time to get back in the pool, I, I hope we're to the point where you can open that pool up and maybe things are getting back to normal. Um so the pool, there's another pool in Monterey that, that mm-hmm. y'all maintain. And of course, you'd mentioned 30-something facilities as far as parks and tennis courts and basketball courts. And you've done some resurfacing on some of those courts. I know in Baxter, we have two tennis courts there beside the uh, the old – it's the old football field, and really it's the soccer field now for the middle school and high school, but it's where I played football at back in 20-something years ago. Um, but there's two tennis courts for people that don't know beside the field house there, and, and that's the responsibility of the county. It's your department's responsibility, and you had that resurfaced because people actually play tennis. People are playing pickleball, which is near and dear to my heart. I play – I don't know how I got into it. My buddy, who's 31 years old, 10 years younger – or nine years younger than me, uh, we got done working out one day, and he said, hey, you ever played pickleball? And I didn't even know what pickleball was. You know, I'm like, <laughs> what is pickleball? I mean, I'm throwing pickles at you. <laughs> don't even like to eat pickles and he's like no it's like a, a it's like tennis but on a smaller scale so we went over there one day y'all had lined it off it was lined off or somebody i guess it was y'all had had like some tape or something down and we played pickleball and that started right when covid hit because uh had a little more time on our hands and we've been obsessed ever since pickleball is definitely a growing sport uh it's all the way of course i read all the parks and rec magazines and everything of that nature and then i actually have family on the west coast so so we i read the newspaper out there regularly and it was it was really interesting to see they're actually in a discussion out there where our family lives about trying to add in additional pickleball courts 
Uh, so that was interesting to be able to see that it's all the way uh, on the other coast, on the West Coast as well. So it's definitely a sport that's growing. Uh, it's becoming a lot more popular. Uh, so we're going to try and invest in that moving forward uh, to try and do some different things, whether it be uh, a league, an adult league that we can offer, or, uh, of course, trying to add those at the Cookville Community Center as well to the six courts that we have there. Uh, so there's a lot of positive uh, momentum in that direction to to really grow that sport in our community. And and so it's a sport for all ages. I don't care what some the older generation <laughs> says because we, we the quick story I have is a few weeks ago we're playing one morning. Uh, it's a Saturday morning and and it's we start we used to start at six six thirty when the sun even at five thirty when the sun was coming up we'd start that early before work and that so we're we're playing pickleball and about. Six to eight ladies, uh, maybe a few years older than me, come out there, and and we've never seen them, and they'd never seen us, and they thought it was our first time playing. And I said, "No, man, we've been here since March." And she said, "We've never seen y'all." And I said, well, "I've never seen y'all." And it it was just a good inter- interaction between the two different generations of of fifties and sixty year fifty and six year olds and thirty and forty year olds, and and of course the guys are over here trying to hit the ball hard and that's really not the name of the game and, and show what we can do and the ladies are over here really finessing and it's just a sport for all ages and it, it's something we enjoy thoroughly but um the, i bring that up to say y'all put the time into those courts because you recognize the need where people are actually you know you have anywhere from 30 to 50 people a week maybe more than that come in there to place pickleball or tennis and y'all took the initiative. I know it's in Baxter, but y'all took the initiative to make that part that court better. And then you're going to add some lots, and so hopefully sooner than later the lots will be up. And we can play at night. That's a that's de- that's going to be a project that we work on uh, in the upcoming months. Uh, we're hoping to try and get those lots up and going because that's been an issue, uh, of course, down there for quite a while. Uh, so we've actually delved into that quite a bit. Our maintenance manager has been uh, working on the. A list of materials and everything that we need we actually got the lots in so that's going to be a really good project to try and get done uh when it goes to pickleball of course it's just like you all talking about you've been doing it since march uh i think that if there was ever a time to be able to have uh, that fun and kind of be able to be positive and be together and enjoy yeah yourself i think this year is definitely one of those years absolutely uh i mean I think if we look around through the tornado all the way to now, the one thing that we have to look at, we can look at the negative all day long, uh, but I think we have to look at the positive to some degree. And it's just like even our department. Uh, When you look at what we've done, even in a very difficult year when things have been handed to us, uh, I think that we've accomplished quite a bit of positive yeah, and I want to so, I want to get to that what you just said and, and the tornado stuff when we come back because y'all were a, a big part of that. Uh, in this next segment, I hope you continue to stay with us. This has been Rogers visiting with John Ross Albertson. We'll be back in just a moment on trending. Welcome back to trending. I continue to visit with John Ross Albertson. We were talking about um, the things that that people were doing because of COVID, and, and of course our community was hit with a tornado. Uh, in March, and and that affected us as well. Then we had COVID hit, and um, your department has done things to uh, with with the parks, the sports parks, the tennis courts, basketball courts. All that's available for recreation. You've you've maintained those because people are enjoying them probably more since COVID's hit. They've been outside. They want to be outside, and they still want to interact with people safely. But people don't realize what kind of part your office and department played in the tornado recovery. For those survivors, um, and and I think it starts the day 
that the tornado hit. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't care, just tell us about when, when you found out about the tornado, what your department did. Well, uh, I, I think is pretty much every citizen in Putnam County. I, I don't think that you'll forget the that morning. Uh, I mean, I know I remember exactly the order of events uh, of our phones going off, us waking up. Uh, and then Mayor Porter, of course, called me and said that we needed to activate the community center for uh, a shelter. And so we were able to do that nearly immediately. Uh, and, and we actually had uh, four staff members that were at our workshop that morning uh, ready to head to Nashville to take a trailer to Nashville. Uh, and they were already there at 3 o'clock that morning. Uh, and that's so rare for our staff to be anywhere close to our shop at 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, but it just so happened that that morning they were there. Uh, and so I, I, of course, communicated with uh, – our staff and told them that, that we needed them to head down to where the tornado was and start trying to cut roads out uh, and, and so they immediately without hesitation knowing what they were probably going to be in the middle of uh, headed straight down to start cutting roads uh, and of course I didn't make it in until a little bit later than that uh, and whenever I got in our staff that had been down there and helped clear the roads uh, they were actually back to the community center by then uh, and I'll never forget it I mean they were soaking wet I mean, they're soaking wet, and they have wood chips all over them. Uh, and so they started telling stories immediately, which, of course, you know, I mean, those are very dramatic stories to mm-hmm. hear at that point. And so I think you look at what we went through with the tornado, and and we worked, of course, at the community center was the main distribution center uh, for our community. We took in all the supplies. Our department managed the logistics of being able to move things to people as they needed it. Uh, and kind of did that role. And we were very fortunate that we had Heritage Academy, uh, that they came in and they actually they manned the distribution center and helped walk people through uh, to be able to get what they needed and, and kind of help them sort through that. Uh, so they were a big help. But, but yet again, that's another partnership. Uh, you look back through the tornado and you look at all the different things that, that we did and all the different people that we worked with. Uh, we had people calling our community center all the way from Texas. We had a, a senator from the state of Texas that sent a 53-foot semi-truck full of supplies. Uh, and it's stories like that that the general public will never know. Right. But we know because, of course, we I mean, we were taking those phone calls. Uh, so it, it was definitely a very moving event. I think it's something that our department, it really kind of – it's a memorable event for our department. What we did for several months there, and a lot of people after that initial month or so after the tornado had really kind of moved on. And, and the rest of us that were still working in it, we were still in it every day. Right. And uh, that was one of the things going through the process. Uh, we were debating when we would stop with the distribution center. And I think that it was a very easy decision for the rest of us that we wanted to carry it on as long as we possibly could. Sure. Uh, as long as we were still having people come uh, to get stuff, we wanted to carry it on. And so that was something that we strategically did as our department. Uh, I know, of course, COVID fortunately allowed us the opportunity to be able to put so much focus on that uh, because we didn't have those ball fields that were opened at that point. Right. So uh, it offered us with that time to be able to kind of focus on that. Uh, so it was, it was definitely an experience. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, our staff being at the the location that they were at at that time of the morning, 
I think there's only one way to describe that, and I think that's as a God thing. I mean, sure, uh, because it, they were in the perfect position to be able to respond, right? Uh, and so I think we were used as a department to be able to fill some roles there that that normally we wouldn't fill as a Parks and Recreation Department. But that's one thing that that I was so satisfied with in our department that there wasn't a question of whether we were going to do it. There was never a question from anybody on our staff as to whether we were going to do what we had to do. It was a question of, well, how do we do it? Right. And so uh, we started working, of course, immediately. So we came up with different plans and, and put them in place, and the staff was very responsive to it, and so is the community. Uh, and, and I think that for this year, to be able to look back at the time when our city and county was so tight-knit following that event, uh, and then to see you know all the different things that are trying to pull people apart uh, the rest of this year, I mean, we have to go back, I think, to that time and mm-hmm. realize that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the people. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't matter anything else other than that. Yep. So I think that's important to remember uh, it, moving forward. It is, and, and I'm glad you said that because I, I try to close my show out with, with some words of, um, I guess, advice for people listening to, to remind them about being kind to one another. And if we could go back to – how kind and helpful we were in March to each other in April uh, after all that we went through. It, it, I think our community would be a little bit uh, more successful in, in where we're going because it, we just feel like we're getting pulled apart, like you said, and it's it's unfortunate. Um, I, I want to thank you and your department for all that you did because I heard so many people that were affected uh, that I spoke with talk about the efficiency and the access and how easy it was to get what they needed from the distribution center. And that's, that's made, that was made happen or possible by your department and so many others, but it, it started with the community center where you're at. And I, I want to thank you for that because, and, and your staff, you know, it's like you said, you had a few, few employees there at three o'clock because they had something else they were responsible for doing that day. And it wasn't, they weren't there because of the tornado, they were there for something else uh, when it hit, and and that's another thing about your department. Your department's not eight to four uh, every no. day, Monday through Friday. It's it's all times of hours every day. If if there's a tournament going on, you have people uh, on Saturday and Sunday working, and and that's another good thing about your employees. They're working a lot different hours, and their sacrifice has been really big for the success of our county and what we offer um, with recreational sports leagues and all that. So well, and that's one thing. Uh, if if our staff were not as responsive as what we are. Uh, we wouldn't be able to accomplish anything that we have. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, you look at the Baxter Amphitheater that we were able to build as a department. If our staff, whenever I walked into the room and said, hey, look, guys, we've got to build an amphitheater. Yep. We need to figure out how to do it. If they weren't responsive and, and didn't want to and didn't want to try and move the department forward, then we wouldn't be able to accomplish tasks like that. Right. It would be a completely different department without that. Uh, and, and so I think our approach – uh, with trying to do that. And of course, I try and keep it more of a family style atmosphere uh, because I intentionally want that. Because at the end of the day, it's just like dealing with a tornado. I mean, dealing with what some of our staff saw, I mean, they have to know that the rest of the staff care. Yeah. And that's something that's important uh, in order to be able to move forward. I think that makes you so much more efficient when your department can be able to to really feel that and kind of go through those issues together. And I think the tornado was definitely that moment that our staff, we went through a lot together. There were long days, 
we didn't go through near what the the victims of the tornado went through for sure. Right. But we became a lot closer through that event, working 12, 12 hour days for you know three months, and even Sundays, Saturdays included, no days off. It, it, at one point, it kind of felt like the old commercial, the Dunkin' Donut commercial, where you wake up and time to go make the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember just sitting on the side of the bed thinking, can I get up and do this yeah, again? Yeah. Oh, in which we went to, our staff went from Parks and Rec staff to eventually becoming a warehouse crew. Sure. And so our guys are used to being outside. They're used to being, you know, mowing and, and doing different things out there. And then here we are in a warehouse. Uh, standing on concrete floors all day, so it was, it was definitely a transition. But but I will say, I mean, they they hit it head on, and they knew the task at hand, and they knew that it was going to end, and so they just they hit it, and and we moved on and got it done, and and now we are where we are. But. Well, your staff is definitely versatile. Um, again, they're very important, and and I want to talk a little bit more about some of the projects you and your staff have been working on. When we come back in this last segment because there's so much going on in your department, so much y'all are doing for the county, and so much to look forward to. If you live in Putnam County or near Putnam County, you're going to hear about some things that are going on with his department. When we come back on trending, we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to our last segment of trending on this morning's episode. I'm with John Ross Albertson from the Putnam County Parks and Rec- Recreation Department. We, you had mentioned uh, a project where we're talking about the tornado relief, but you had mentioned the project and how versatile your staff is and, and all that they do. Y'all have got a lot going on in the county, and you would mentioned the Baxter the amphitheater in Baxter, which is tying into what we call Baxter, or about to be called Baxter Seminary Park, which is a brand-new project that's been actually in the works for a couple years now. It's looking great there. It's between the uh, Cornerstone Elementary and Baxter Primary School by the old softball field and the amphitheater tied in. And and that was a project that y'all took on without hesitation and made it work. What what is that Baxter Seminary Park and amphitheater doing for that community? So, uh, of course, like you said, we have the amphitheater project that we did through the tourism uh, grant that we were able to get that the city of Baxter actually got and we completed. Uh, the city of Baxter actually is in the process of applying for a Blue Cross Blue Shield grant uh, that would add a, a playground as well, uh, so in a pavilion. So that's one big grant that they're working on that they've actually applied for. There's also another grant that they're uh, in the process of applying for for a splash pad. Uh, so that'll be another big feature that we can add to it. Uh, and there's another a park area that we're working on as well down there. So I think all in all, uh, that park is really coming along. You're you're starting to see it really hit its stride, I think. Uh, and that's one thing that I had said early on, that I think that that park can be one of the best parks in the county for sure, uh, which, of course, it's a very unique project. Uh, it's on school school board property. Right. Uh, and it's one that, of course, we're going to help maintain. Sure. Uh, and it's, a, it's really a joint relationship uh, or project between us, the city of Baxter, and the school board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... That park is really uh, coming along, and you're seeing some some positive energy and moving that forward. So uh, that's definitely exciting. We should hear back probably within a few months about the Splash Pad grant. Uh, that will be one that we will build uh, in-house as well. Okay. So we'll be able to complete that in-house. We've actually already started to sit to kind of come up with what our ideas are on what direction we want to go with that, uh, with constructing it which, of course, we built the one in Monterey as well at Whitaker Park. Uh, we've done that there. 
uh, whenever I initially came to the department, there was quite a bit of work that needed to be done in Whitaker Park and Monterey uh, coming off of the ice storm because uh, I actually started in the department right after the ice storm. Uh, so there was a lot of work that needed to be done up there that we were able to do. Uh, we have a lot of good things going on in Monterey. Uh, they've definitely been getting quite a bit uh, happening. We we were able to work with the city to be able to do movie nights for the first time in the park up there. Uh, so there's a lot of things going in the right direction there as well. So we're really excited about those relationships and the new relationships that we're forming in Monterey and both Baxter. Uh, that's ultimately, as I'd said earlier, um, we couldn't do any of the things that we do if it weren't for the relationships that we have with all these cities and sure. and different organizations. So. And, and it would be more difficult to do the things without the opportunity for funding of grants because yeah, I was talking to a county mayor the other day about grant opportunities. There's so many grants through federal and state um, lines uh, that that's available that people don't even apply for, but that's not the case here in Putnam. We, especially your department, you're applying for everything that you can. We just approved Monday night the commission for you to apply for a fifty thousand dollar grant for a, a, a safe, but it's a build safe grant, I think it mm-hmm. was, and that's no match grant. It's no cost to the county. It's fifty thousand dollars for your department to to do a project and you applied for it you don't know if you're going to get it but it takes that application on these grants to get the grant money and to do things like you're talking about in baxter monterey in that project that you were talking about uh, the the grant application that is actually for uh, different planning to go up the mountain with the rails trails uh, so we're going to be able to hopefully if we're awarded that grant we're going to be able to sit down with engineers and come up with some alternative plans as to how we can take that trail uh, on up the mountain. Of course, the end goal would be to try and reach the city of Monterey sure. uh, if possible. So we're going to try and do all that planning and, and try and get that pre-work done in place while the city of Allgood brings the trail on out to the city limits. Uh, and then, of course, at that point, it would be on us to be able to apply for grants uh, to be able to try and take it farther. But you look at, at what we've done as a department, and and a lot of it wouldn't be, well, a lot of it really wouldn't be possible at all if it weren't for grants. Uh, probably in in the five years I've been here, we've probably gotten ten plus grants that right. have that have given us different projects. And one of the biggest sources that we have found for those has been the the state health department. Right. Oh, uh, and that's one thing Lisa Bumblow, of course, with the health department here, has been great to help us be able to get that funding. Uh, she's been a, a huge resource. Which, of course, the last few months for her have been really hectic right. and busy. So uh, we. Uh, We've done a really good job, I think, of being able to to capitalize on those those grants whenever we're given that opportunity. Lisa is a saint. She um, is. She's she's done such a wonderful job with everything going on, and she's her and her staff done a great job before COVID hit. They just uh, do so much over there at the health department, but she's absolutely her and her staff are amazing, and I just can't say enough about them. Well, and and that's actually one thing too. A lot of people don't realize the role that they played during the tornado. Uh, oh, yeah. Lisa, Lisa and her staff were very active in the emergency operations center. Absolutely. Uh, they helped us uh, because, of course, we couldn't dedicate a staff member to stay in the EOC. We needed all of our staff uh, at the community center. And so they helped coordinate a lot of the things her staff did 
uh, Kayla Croson and Katie Neal were great sure. on the EOC to help with yeah. that. So. Yeah, they're great. And so you talked about Baxter and Monterey projects going on. Do you have a master plan going forward for the Parks and Rec Department? That is actually something that we are in the process of creating. Of course, you know, we do our five-year plan, uh, which is something that Mayor Porter had started, which is a great thing Yes, uh, for the county commissioners to have that to be able to look at. Uh, but what our plan is, is we're going to extend past that five-year plan. We want to try and put in place a master plan over all of our facilities in order to include all these different projects that we want to try and do coming up. Uh, the other big feature of our master plan that I want to include, of course, is public input. I think that's one of the biggest things uh, that has been lacking in the past in our department is uh, the public haven't had the opportunity to be able to have input into the direction that our facilities are headed. Uh, so that's something that we're going to involve in this. Uh, we're going to involve different surveys. Uh, all the different stakeholder groups that utilize our facilities are going to be involved uh, in that process. I've actually asked them uh, to come up with different capital projects or projects that they would like to see done at the facilities. So then that way, when we see grants, that come up or alternative revenue sources, we can start to attack those projects using those different grants. Uh, it will help us moving forward. And, and not that, not just that, but it will also help the county commissioners uh, to be able to see a, an overall viewpoint right. of where our department wants to head. Right. And one of the, you mentioned facilities and one thing we haven't discussed and we got just a couple minutes left, but um, community centers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that you and your department maintain the community centers. Now, there are some community centers that have a board that are responsible for renting the, the community center out to the public. But as far as the maintenance of the community centers, the buildings and the grounds, that's your department. Uh, and so that's how many facilities, how many community centers in the it's, county? Uh, it's 16 total. Uh, so when you think about these community centers, the vast majority are 100 years old, potentially. Right. Yep. Uh, they're old schoolhouses is what they are uh, that have been passed on to our department as community centers. Uh, so the, these boards that are active uh, at a lot of these community centers are great. They're right. great resources, not just for the community, but also for me as the director of the department. They really help me to, to kind of be able to be in touch with that community. Uh, and, of course, we do everything that we can to support those, to, to try and foster them and to foster that growth. But, uh, yes, a lot of these community centers, of course, they're, they're aged. Uh, and, unfortunately, a lot of them show their age, and so that requires quite a bit more work uh, to be able to maintain those than what, what normally would. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. We were doing some ADA projects this last year at community centers, and, and uh, every time that we'd have to tear a wall open, it was like a new journey right. into trying to figure out how we were going to be able to accomplish this project. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, there's there's definitely a lot of situations like that, but they're a, they're a great asset, I think, to the community, uh, especially so much history sure. that there is there. For instance, you go to Buffalo Valley and walk the halls. It's very neat to be able to see all the different school pictures yep. of when they were in school there. And they have pictures, of course, when that building actually flooded uh, many, many years ago. So that was neat. Somebody had a they were I think they were floating in a canoe in the hallway. That's of funny. the uh, building, so yeah. it's definitely neat to be able to see that. So the nearest community center to me is the Cedar Hill Community Center there on Highway 70 west of west of Baxter, and and that's where my daddy went to uh, to as they say grammar school uh, K through six, actually first grade through sixth grade. And can you believe that him and his uh, classmates actually back then they had an outhouse. 
mm-hmm. to to go use the restroom. Uh, and so can you believe him? You know my daddy. Can you believe him and his classmates actually turned that outhouse over with their teacher in it? <laughs> I, I wouldn't believe that yeah, at all. <laughs> exactly. And that's the story I, t- I was told when I was very young over there one time. And uh, I just his stories are, are, are hilarious. But anyway, John, thank you for being here. You've been wonderful. I, again, I can't say how much I appreciate everything you do for our county, you and your staff. You work really hard. You're, you're, you're accessible. You're versatile. You do so many things for us. And uh, we are thankful to have a Parks and Rec department such as yours that, that provides so many services. So, as always, let me know if you need anything. Um, we support you, and the commission supports you, and just thank you. Hope everyone's enjoyed this show, uh, this week's show of Trending. Uh, just a reminder, I want to thank my producer, producer Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. Nook, Nick. I want to thank you for your help and, and assistance. Just remind everybody, be kind to each other. We're still, we're still working through a whole lot of stuff in this world, and if you just remember to be kind and smile to one another, I promise you it'll make things better. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.